Welcome to the Love and Grace podcast. My name is Joel Minkin, and today I've got in studio Daisy. Hello there. <laughs> and we have via Zoom, Quee, Marquita. How are you doing, Quee? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Um, I just have a, I wanted to start off the conversation. Let me, let me uh, backtrack. Uh, give you guys a, a bigger point of view. Daisy is Theus's wonderful wife. And Theus has been on a few times already. And Marquita is Mark Day's sister. So Mark Day has been on as well. So just wanted to give you some context before we dug too deep in here. Let's start off with, did you guys grow up in a Christian home? Yeah. Um... I grew up Catholic. My great-grandma was a devout Catholic. So by the time I was four years old, I was reciting Lord's Prayer, Apostles' Creed, all that stuff. Um, with my parents, they were uh, once a year Catholics. So we went to church when they felt like it. Uh, kind of fell away from that when I was in college and that's how I was growing up. How about you, Kui? So, with my family, we did grow up Christian. Um, I'm pretty sure my brother had touched on this before. Like, even though we said we were Christian, we were those kids that um, we didn't like to go to church because, uh, well, I shouldn't say we didn't like to, but it was more like the being forced to go on Sundays. We're like, oh my gosh, like we have to wake up this early. We're still tired of going to uh, be in this sermon for like an hour or so. Cause like, Back then, our sermons would go like more than an hour, and it felt like we were, it was just dragging on forever. But um, we still liked it. And then my mom was the type of person, like after church was over with, we'd still be there for another three hours because she'd be talking to everybody there. So it was nice. Yeah, I, I remember it was for me, it was always, hey, where are we going out to eat to hang out with everybody? <laughs> what led you to a place where you had an encounter with Jesus? Um, for me, it was high school. Because, I mean, growing up Catholic, you're around people who are just sitting there staring straight for an hour, hour and a half. So you don't really get to encounter anything. Mm -hmm. um, but when I got in high school and I got my license, I got my first car, I finally had the freedom to just go out and do what I wanted to. And in the mornings, I would actually, we lived by the beach, so I would actually go to a local beach a couple blocks away from my parents' house, and I would just sit there and watch the sunrise before driving over to school. And I think that was my first encounter, just focusing on nature and how beautiful God has made everything for us. And I actually started crying. I was like sitting there with my Burger King breakfast, like tearing up in the car watching the sunrise. Mm. And I, that was my very first encounter that I remember. How about you, Kui? That's so beautiful, especially seeing a sunset like that. Um, so, as I mentioned before, you know, we grew up in a Christian household, but it was more my understanding of Christianity was more like you have to be good in order to go to heaven. Um, if you do bad, you go to hell type thing. Um, but I think what made it surreal for me was when we were in youth group um, and it was one of our first years going to this summer camp um, called Impact. We would go to Machindo in, in Michigan, and it was in 
one worship service that they had like this band come out and play and like growing up within our household we were so used to listen to gospel music which was still good but like i don't know but we went to this summer camp it was more like that contemporary uh type of christian music that we got into listening more and the, the music i don't know i just it brought me to this place of like wow I, I feel this presence, like being in a room with more people, with a lot of these people worshiping Jesus too, like it felt, the presence felt more surreal for me. Like it felt like, wow, I, God is real. Like God is, I knew God was real, but it felt more like, wow, he's here. He's present with me right now. And that's what made me feel like, like my whole understanding of Christianity changed. So, yeah. So now as adults, um, what, what, um, what's the, the thing that you can definitely feel like you're going, in the, going down the right path of following um, Christianity? What, what is that thing that, that um, really keeps you going and makes you feel like you're doing the right thing? Uh, for me, it's relationships with people. Even strangers, just because before I I would never talk to strangers, I would just be like, mm, I'm gonna do my own thing over here. But now that um, you know I've been with Theos for what 12 years, he's a huge influence in my life. Um, just his his love for people has definitely rubbed off on me, and so when I see people, I just want to have a, an encounter with them, have a relationship with them. You know, it's not just a simple, oh hey. How's the weather? Cool, bye. It's, how are you doing? How's this? How's that? I want to get to know you. And I feel like a sense of peace when I do it. Mm. Whereas before, I would get so nervous. Like, my palms would sweat. I'd get, like, sweaty armpits. Like, I don't want to do this. I would hyperventilate. Mm -hmm. But it's just total peace now when I talk to people. And it's it feels like I'm doing the right thing because I'm focusing on the person. And And I think that's what I've learned through this past 12 years of just finding my relationship with God. How about you, Kui? What, uh, what's been that, that one thing that's kept you uh, in Christianity versus, you know, going off and doing whatever you want now as an adult outside of your parents' home? Mm, so I was the type of person, um, if I get anxious, I like to write, I guess you could say like, it's journaling, but it's more like writing a letter to God. And at the time, after I moved out of my parents' house and everything, and um, wanted to still continue on going to church and, and believing in the Lord, um, this has helped me gain more of a relationship with God because it, it felt like he was my best friend. Like I would write him letters. I would talk to him every day and be like, hey, God, like this, I, I'm doing this today. Like, um, what do you think about this? Or um, what would be some other things? Uh, like if I was having a bad day, I'd be like, Lord, I'm just having a really bad day today. Like this person did this, like, I don't know what to do with this. Or, um, I want to mend this friendship with this person. I think that's one of the things that helped me more after, like, I wasn't constantly going to church with my family after that, um, and moving out and then encountering, um, friendships with like Theus and Daisy when I first met them. And then after I uh, started becoming an adult and we're still like engaging in, uh, trying to 
uh, grow more in Christ as well. That has helped me a lot. Like the uh, theological questions that theists would ask us, like in church, it really makes you think instead of the basic cookie cutter questions, like the questions that he would bring up or like Ronnie or anybody else would bring up, it really would get you thinking like, wow, it's more than just what we think this box of Christianity is. So that was my take of that. Yeah, and bouncing off that, just even um, talking with people about their viewpoints because Mm -hmm. you learn so much from just asking people questions and listening to them versus trying to tell them, hey, you need to know Jesus. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that for me has really uh, highlighted a lot of areas in my life that I was very, I don't want to say prejudiced against, I, I can't think of the right word, but I was very ignorant to all these different perspectives until we did start asking those questions and then we started listening and actually like really focusing on what people were saying and then reflecting that off of our beliefs and trying to understand where we were at with that and if if we need an adjustment with how we viewed things or if we needed to just have more of a conversation to figure out what was going on and i really valued that that's that's really neat to to get to a point where you can think about am i thinking the right way Mm -hmm. am i is my perception right where not not everything not everybody thinks they might need to change right it's it's the world, the outside world needs to change to me mm-hmm. instead of maybe I need to change a little bit to fit, not necessarily to fit in, but to perceive the world correctly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really interesting. Um, Kui, let me bounce this one off you first. Mm-hmm. Um, what what has what has God given you as as a, a purpose or a thing, and what where where are you on that journey to to um, following those those um, those leadings from the Lord? Uh, I feel like my um, purpose or dream would be to. I love helping out um, and learning about different cultures of people and and countries and stuff like that. So I feel like. Um, my dream is to, I already told a lot of people this, work in the United Nations and help out with the human rights department in that area, too, because I love uh, learning about, like I said, I love learning about different cultures and stuff. Uh, I got a chance to go um, and work with an organization called YWAM Youth with a Mission in Nashville. Um, that piqued my interest as well with uh, learning about international um crises and stuff that's been going on in the world. Um, we stayed in the YWAM Nashville ba- base for two months, two or three months. And then we ended up going to Mexico um, for the last two remaining months to um, help build houses for certain families. Or we went to rehabilitation p- places to talk to uh, people and gain a relationship with them and tell them about the Lord and stuff like that. So that's, I don't know, for me, that that brought a sense of peace and, and, and love to me. Like, I love 
engaging in that type of stuff with people. So, um, as you know, well, the viewers don't know, but I'm actually going back to school to, to get a degree, a bachelor's degree, or maybe a master's degree in international relations and hopefully further that dream into going to UN and being that department. So, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. That's a very, um, a very interesting, um, choice of of work but i can see having a very very big impact on not just individual cultures but the world and that's really nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so to bounce that off you daisy what has what has god given you as a, like a goal or a thing or a, a passion that you have been able to go after uh for me it's it's not so much like a, a job title, I guess, but more of uh, an encourager for people, someone who, you know, I love setting people up for success. So like when our friends tell us, hey, here's something I really want to do, I'm quick to be like, okay, what are you doing? What are your plans? Uh, What do you have set up? What are your resources? Let's figure this out. Um, And I I know I can be pretty bullheaded about it sometimes, and God is definitely teaching me to calm down, slow down, let people find their own path. But I, I really have a passion for hearing people out about what their dreams or their goals are and then saying, how can I support you? How can I get you there? Um, what do you need from me? And that's something that he's been working on me for the past 10 years or so. Um, I've definitely moved from what I thought God wanted me to do, which turned out to be just me wanting to, me to be successful, and turning that into what God really wants, which has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the people in my life and just me being that support structure for them, which I actually end up loving more than what I thought I was wanting to do. So that's that's definitely um, life-changing, but I enjoy it. I love pushing people. Mm, yeah. To that. She's been a really good, helpful person to me, especially helped me with my schoolwork. So <laughs> I really appreciate that. It really helps to have a uh, good support, a good support system like that. So I appreciate it. Yay. I just need to learn to let you figure things out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of goes without saying too much, but you two are very, very close friends. Mm-hmm. And not just because we're in the same church, but you guys have fostered a very nice relationship and yeah. and helped each other along the way in, in many things like, like we just like you guys just said. Oh, yeah. So, loving grace is, is you know, besides the title of the podcast, it is a a complete new way of, at least from a Christian's point of view. I grew up in an Assemblies of God church. Um, you growing up in a Catholic church, and Kui growing up in what what kind of church actually did you grow up in, Kui? Do you remember? It's a non denominational. Okay, non denominational. So, mm-hmm. from those points of view. Switching to a a grace, love and grace point of view of the world and seeing that in the Bible over and over, the Lord uh, Jesus working and, and showing love and grace towards people who didn't deserve it and all those things. What has that changed in your life that, that is that, – what, what's changed in your life from those new understandings of Christianity? Um, for me, it's been 
learning to let go of rules, uh, especially in terms of grace, just giving people more grace and understanding that, you know, not not every rule is necessary. Um, and I definitely learned that from working with youth, uh, just learning to, to let go and let people uh, redefine rules, I guess, is a good way to put it. Uh, and Clea has been super helpful with teaching me how to be more loving and, you know, thinking of ways of how can I love on this person um, versus just, okay, you're a person, cool. You're over there, I'm over here. Because uh, she is really good at reaching out to people, asking the right questions, and making sure that they're okay. And that's really influenced me. Um, yeah, just definitely focusing on reaching out to people in a loving way versus just a like a very cold check-in. And mm -hmm. then understanding that rules are not always necessary because coming from a Catholic background, everything is rules. There's a rule for every single tiny situation that you encounter. And then going through youth and getting rid of rules completely, um, just completely radical idea of no rules. And that shook me. But in the long run, it, it makes sense. Why put rules on love? Were, uh, were you in the meeting that we, we've referenced a few times in the podcast, but the meeting where um, the youth leadership was, or Theus was pushing, it's like, hey, we need to to look at the no rules. Were you in that meeting? Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, I I was so focused on my little my little world being completely blown apart and mm -hmm. trying to like, well, but I was with I was with the people. Like, well, you gotta have some rules, right? Right. Yeah. And and it just it you know, that was a very that was a very heated um, heated uh, meeting. It's very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Even at home when he was first talking about it, I was like, Theus, you're crazy. Teenagers need rules. What are you talking about? And and he was he went with it and yeah, during that meeting I think everybody was feeling it. Just what do you mean no rules? Everybody needs rules. What are you talking about? But it, that was exactly what was needed. So just that's just that was a a, a very interesting time going from the Again, the rules to no rules. Que, what do you, do you remember that transition that we had in the in the youth when it went from, hey, no frontal hugs, hey, no this, no that, to, we just love you. I do remember that. Uh, I know it was like at first it was like yeah, uh, the first rule like no frontal hugs and all that stuff, and then when we finally went to like oh you know it's okay because like i remember i forget who said it maybe it was theus they're just like if we set rules for the youth we have to be the example as well so if we're not doing that example how are they going to follow what we're doing and so when that rule was like taken away it was just like are, when we would like see each other we're just like are we are we able to <laughs> should we die like are we okay like i don't like it was so like are we going to get in trouble still? Like, are they, are they trying to trick us here? So it was, it was one of those, but you know, after a while, we just, I don't know. I feel like everybody was still okay. Like the rules. Yeah. I, I understand why rules were set in place, but at the same time, it was very, 
restricted. But now I felt like after that, it was more like everybody was more themselves, more loving in a way towards each other. Instead of feeling like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And feeling like you're in this little bubble. Yeah, I, I really saw the difference um, in the youth when it went from like, okay, you had, you had the, the few people that were, um, they were hard to connect with. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, we had a rule, hey, you know, walking in the halls during service. And they would just go off and walk in the halls. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, don't don't be on your phone in the middle of service. And they'd be, the, they'd be in the back of the room sitting there mm-hmm. texting with a friend or whatever. Um, and when we when we switched away from the rules, I remember those specific people were jumping in and connecting with was hey we're gonna do a game. They were normally the last person that would jump in on a game and do something, but they was like oh yeah I want to be a part I want to do I want to be in because the, I don't know if it was that realizing hey you're accepted no matter what what's going on mm-hmm. we're not looking at you as you've got to follow the rules but it it was wonderful seeing that transition in the people in in the students so yeah and even to go beyond that even just the rules of we have one hour to do service we're going to do 10 minutes of introductions 20 minutes of worship 30 minutes of the message breaking away from that rule was really hard for me because my mindset was the parents are waiting. We need to go get these kids out of here. I want to go home. Let's go. We only have a set hour. And Thea's his mindset was they want to be here, so let's be here for them so they can mm-hmm. enjoy this atmosphere. And I remember that being incredibly hard for me because I'm like, it's 9 o'clock. Like, get these kids out. And his mindset was, well, they want to hang out with us, so let's hang out. And it took me forever to figure that out. But when we started seeing the clicks break away, mm-hmm. when we started seeing people who never hung out with before starting to interact, that's when I was like, oh, okay. So we don't need all these specific time frames of you can only talk to each other for 10 minutes. Let's let them talk for an hour if they need it. That's great. And we've been continuing that even today. Sometimes we don't have worship. Actually, most times we don't have traditional music type of worship. We Our worship is communicating with each other, getting to know each other on deeper levels that 10 years ago we probably would have been like, all right, cool, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Why are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. So that, that's been pretty cool to see. Also, bouncing off of the, the time frames and everything, when we – used to have like a set like hour of worship when we broke out of that and just had worship for longer than that you can see i don't know i felt like we were being more heard because if more if people wanted to more worship and, and to pray more i felt like they felt um listened to instead of like oh the parents are outside like we need to hurry up and, and go out there and like let them let the parents come and pick them up and stuff like that i felt like when we broke away from the all the rules like it felt like the youth was finally being heard and what they needed within the youth group and the church. So I don't know. I felt like that was a big breakthrough as well. Yeah. And even when um, we started setting up prayer nights, uh, Mm -hmm. that was, I remember we got huge backlash from that from other adults, but the youth, I was really surprised with how many teenagers wanted to spend a Tuesday night in church. 
you know, and they weren't there for 10 minutes sitting on their phone. They were engaged the entire hour, two hours, three hours, however long we were there. We didn't set a time limit. It was just, if you want to pray, if you want to worship, the doors open, come in. And there were so many youth who would show up and it blew my mind. You know, that really radicalized my understanding of, of Jesus and of love. It's, there are no rules. And it's funny, looking back, Jesus came to break all the rules and he only said specific rules about love and and that's what kind of what we did there and it just it took so long for me to understand that mm-hmm. it's crazy I, I i love looking back on on things that that um, were very important into changing the way i thought to where i am now um those little things just like i mean even just going to the same church mm-hmm. as as you guys i mean we both got to to um that church at about the same time yeah you guys moving moving from virginia virginia mm-hmm. and and yeah it was amazing to see those little things this after that after that and all pushing in in a direction to a if you if you want to get like personal like to make me a better person than i was before um but I I got better relationships. I I I will say most of the people I've been I grew up with in that church. I say grew up with and we I was there for 10, 10 or so years and just the relationships, just building those relationships more than just someone, oh, I see you on Sunday, hi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, can you help me with this thing on Tuesday or hey, can you help me with this thing on Saturday? So being being more involved in someone's life than just seeing them for an hour at church on right. Sunday. Yeah. And knowing that if anything comes up from I need money to I was on a car accident, everybody will literally drop everything and say, hey, what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's rare. You can't find that with such a large group of people, maybe one or two close friends. But we have what 20 mm-hmm. or so people and growing who if anything happens to anyone every single person will say what do you need i will be there mm-hmm. and i think that's beautiful that we've been able to create that atmosphere and honestly those are probably one of the best moments back mm-hmm. in youth group how we were such a big family back there like mm-hmm. a large group a yard large group of youth people a, a family it literally felt like a family back there, and it was so nice. Mm-hmm. It's interesting when you go from, you know, a, a, a friend, you're like, oh, okay, we talk to you every once in a while, but when you come to the point where you you get into a family relationship, where it's you'll you'll do anything for that person. Mm-hmm. For instance, when Ronnie moved mm-hmm. from Cambridge, mm-hmm. there was a a big bunch of us that just all went over and and helped him move in the middle of the night I think it was midnight <laughs> it was midnight when we <laughs> january 1st because that's what theas told him and that's what we did mm-hmm. so yeah uh just just thinking back on all those little things just it's it's being the body mm-hmm. uh, how how god said hey um you're you're a part of the body there's there's a lot of a lot of people a lot of parts to this body mm-hmm. but you need to take care of 
if you stub your pinky toe into something, your whole body's like, oh, dang, ah, mm -hmm. that hurts. How can I fix this? And you're hopping around on one foot or whatever, trying to ease whatever pain is there. That's that's the whole mindset. We all, I don't want to say we all hurt for each other, but we all want to make whatever the thing is better. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. it's a family, a family or a body feel instead of like, oh, a, a prayer list. Hey, so and so's gotten hurt. Let's just pray for him. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't uh, belittle prayer lists and, and and prayer chains and stuff like that. Just there's there's another level beyond. There's action. There's action versus yeah. just praying. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, thank you for joining us on this fifth edition of the Loving Grace podcast. I want to thank uh, Daisy Aspiris for being with us and Marquita Day for showing up with us as well. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed the Have a good time, yeah. Guys, if you want, subscribe to uh, YouTube. Uh, we have our uh, audio podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we're on Facebook and Twitter. So look for us out there. And... Please engage. Ask us questions. We want to bounce questions off our guests that you send us as well. So, again, guys, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on the Love and Grace Podcast.